ready to rock and roll, Daddy O. The first or three, actually, we got three. Hold on, pause, three. pause. I gotta get rid of Arlo. <laughs> is he is he in the room? Get out of here! Get <laughs> out of here! Come on. Today we have witnessed unknown drama. Today we have witnessed unknown factual obligations that us Americans have to understand. And that thing is watching garbage people infiltrate our intellectual halls and tell us how to live. Am I right or am I wrong, Mr. Lyons? Okay, can the rest of the nursing home give it up for Gore Vidal? Yeah, good job, Gore. Good job, Gore. You. Are, I'm you not really... finished. I He's... had sex with Greta Gerwig. Security! <laughs> You're calling the big guys. Need somebody to take Gore Vidal down again. Eddie Lamar was my lover. Oh, I'm no. telling you, Gore Vidal is a uh, hidden uh, treasure in, in the 21st century world because he was doing a lot in the 20th century just by being alive well we're living in a material world and i am a gore vidal girl uh welcome to the podcast real rotten the definitive podcast movies underneath 25 percent on rotten tomatoes i am nick that is steven big bones ramirez and we <laughs> are so back as we, are so back. we are we so back we are so back, back. Took a nice uh, winter break, you know, as as the youth will do. Um, we're coming back with a school movie, so how how appropriate. But before we get into that, uh, happy Valentine's Day, Steve. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy V Day. Uh, you know, it's it's not just a victory day; it is a day of uh, a victory of love. Yes, it's a victory of 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 spirit and and soul. You may not be say. you may be expecting our Valentine's Day guest as usual to to join us, Rachel, but. Uh, She's taking this Valentine's Day off. We have a special episode planned with her in the future of this uh, this upcoming season. But we got a couple of quick announcements for you guys. Some housekeeping. Oh That's the exact appropriate response because big things on the podcast. We are updating uh, Real Rotten just a little bit, just a, just a tiny bit, just a smidge. We're going to be doing a couple things different you might hear during the podcast. Uh, we're still going to bring you all of your favorite things, like like a Joe Pesci top five later today. Oh my god! Like a uh, like a new a new version of the genre wheel, the people's favorite genre Can't wheel. Wait. And uh, we're still going to be talking about the movies that you love, or in this case, a movie you probably haven't seen unless you were very specifically a certain age and watching television from a certain time, from 1992 to like 1998 or something. Or 90, actually, 95 to 98, right? 90, 95 to 2002. Not even. I would when say like 95, now, yeah, like 95 to 97 would probably be the, the best uh, a accurate uh, showing of this film, specifically on USA probably before or after uh wwf raw that is february and we are uh redubbing it phrasuary 
Yeah. Brendan Fraser, where are we? Our guy, uh, we've done a couple Brendan Fraser podcasts already, but uh, we're going to get really into it with a couple of his 1994 classics. He was a busy man in 1994, and we're going to talk about it. But the first movie that we're going to do is With Honors. With Honors. With Honors from 1994. But before we do that, movie news. Oh. You're you're just you're just uh you're just throwing left and right over us. You're zigging and zagging. Dune two, Dune two. Are you gonna do to him again? Are you gonna do more Dune to come? You're gonna you're gonna do it, doing it to it, to it. <laughs> you're gonna do it to it. Is that is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Are you gonna get the you're gonna get the popcorn? You're gonna say. I want that special lid on that special popcorn. Excuse me. Uh, we all know what the title is. It, it is the Shy Halusi. Please show the Shy Halusi some respect. Uh, in honor of the Shy Halusi, I rewatched Dune uh, last night instead oh, did of you? rewatching with honors again. Yes, I. Uh, you know, still pretty good. Still pretty is good. It? Still, still my favorite movie of the year. You know what? I, I I'll say it. I'll say it a million times until I see Dune Part Two. But Dune Part One, not enough worm. Not enough I needed worm. more worm. I needed more way worm. more worm. Well, to me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. You heard about the latest worm leak, right, Drake? Yeah. What's the what's the Drake worm the, leakage? Drake on the internet. You know, I heard. Oh he, yeah. Heard, heard it's really heard. He's got a a worm swimming through these dunes. That you got to be worried for. Is it done? How much is in there? That's what I say about his basketball shorts. Christopher Nolan says that uh, Chris, this is Denise Dark Knight, or uh, maybe other people are saying that about Christopher Nolan's Denise Dark Knight. I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the 70 millimeter showing. I'm gonna bring my best friend. You're not gonna see it in 90. Hold on. You're not gonna see it in 90 millimeters. No, <laughs> it doesn't even go up to 90 millimeters. It says you. Who has, who has time for that? Who has time to get? It? Who has time to squeeze? Ceno. That's 24, who. 21 millimeters. <laughs> Are you trying Everybody. to see that? Are you trying to see that worm extra big? That's going to be the biggest worm you can see. Is that nine? XL Wormage, of course. I'm going to see it in the original IMAX theater. XL Wormage, all the teeth, um, and then you're going to see like 50, 50 random uh, uh, worm riders uh, riding the Shyhalud. Shyhalud, also known as Serenity now. But yeah, can't wait for some uh, Doom Part Two. Can't wait no, for we... Doom Part Three, the alleged Doom Part Three. Uh, <laughs> the 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 rumor is that Denis is either going to write Part Three or just take a a, a mental break uh, to prevent his own insanity from occurring. He already chose his, his next project, jobs. right? Uh, it was between Doom Part Three or uh, some other cyber warfare movie. Yeah, it's an it's a it's a different one. I think uh, you uh, you can look it up as our as our guy while I deliver one more fact to you. Go ahead. Tom Cruise is uh, reportedly circling in, in 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 movie quotes, circling a role in Quentin Tarantino's new movie, um, The Critic. The film critic, yeah. 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 So uh just want to get that get that on your radar that we're Look, gonna get we're gonna get a Tom. I'm gonna do do a hot take on this podcast and no one's gonna agree with me. You can cut this part out, Kyle, all you want. It's not gonna be Quentin Tarantino's last movie. I'm saying it right here. He's not gonna He's stop gonna, at ten. He's, He's not gonna, gonna stop at ten. Are you are you kidding me? The, he doesn't have the ego. I'm sorry. He doesn't have the ego. If 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 FFC can do another movie this year, you know Quentin Tarantino's doing it. Come on. Come on, son. Where's that bet? Put me on that Super Bowl prop bet. 
Well, you I think you can bet on it. You just have to wait a really long time to find out if it comes to fruition. They're not getting and, and I think the money's gotta be too. the money's gotta be on on the uh on the for sure gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. If I was a bad man, I'm betting the over yeah, all day. Definitely. In any case, it's it's speaking Valentine's, of betting. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. And what better Valentine's way to, Day? What better way to celebrate with with two close friends than to talk about Madame Webb? Let's gamble on our emotions with Madame Webb over here. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Nick? Like, there's a there's a lot of speculation that this movie is uh is going to be the awesome, according to Dakota Johnson herself. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> this the Dakota Johnson press tour is worth the ticket to to Madam Webb already. She's she's burning and, this mother down. And if and every I, single person that appreciates the press tour buys a ticket, I think that we're going to get it. It's going to be good. It's going to be high. There's going to be box office. It's going to be a box office bonanza. Let's the subreddit Fobois is going to have a field day at the at the box office just yeah, because I, of this movie. I follow Dakota Johnson updates on Twitter, and I and I've seen quite a few of the clips circulating. And she just she just gets it. She just knows how to do. She she doesn't know how to do press other than just doing what she's always meant to do, which is speak truth to power. <laughs> All Dakota Johnson does is just sit on set, smile and say she doesn't really understand what you're trying to say and that you need to back the fuck up dude hook me up i don't want to make a fucking scene yeah just give her the paycheck she's she's not there to cause drama until the press junket <laughs> um i really changed my tune on madam webb too i mean I, madam webb I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a sequel with how much how many people are going to see this movie uh but i'm going to set the over under at 40 40. Four okay. Zero. Four um, zero. I'm taking the under on that. You're taking hard, the under on that. Hard under. Hard, hard under, under on that. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no good sure Sony sure uh, movie outside of, outside of a uh, Spiderman. No Sony Marvel um, collaboration. That's good. Well, did Sorry. you see all the stuff that all these people thought that they were entering into Marvel? That's a real bummer for all of them. Uh, no. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. They're just like, oh, really big fan of Marvel. And then it's like, I guess nobody really quite told them that um, only. LOL, JK, what? look at this intellectual property getting squeezed. <laughs> Woof. Big yikes. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to say 41. I think it's going to squeeze in at 41. Um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be like it's going to come down to like three critics giving it just a, a slight C plus or a B minus, you know, that that somehow skews positive. To cross to cross over uh, different labels, uh, be Jim Gordon in the scene where Harvey Dent makes him choose uh, which 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 one to kill. Lie like like he lied. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the part, believe the lie. The, that's the part where he's like, "The wheels on the bus go round and round." You know, right? Sure, exactly. It's like, no idea what you're talking about, but sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a dog. If I caught the taxi, I wouldn't even know. You talking know, about like Harvey that. Dent, not talking about the Joker. <laughs> so there you go. You're fired. <laughs> Where's Kyle? Where's our producer to to you know to? Oh, reel, speaking reel of two in. faces, yeah. Where's our producer? That's a good. <laughs> that's a good point. We miss. It's him. either if we're shot, stuck with Two Face or the Riddler as our producers, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Riddle uh, we this. <laughs> oh, sh shout out to those guys. Hope they're hope they're okay in life. You know, it's it's been a minute, but you yeah. know, we'll catch up with them one day. Right.
one one with the mind of a child the other has a child you know <laughs> i guess we'll never know uh their their true outcomes later in life shout out to you shout out to you uh anyways speaking of friendship speaking of relationships let's get into it let's talk with about the it. trailer and a taste of with honors with honors you know what the greatest nation in the world is, don't you? Dole Nation. Simon Wilder is a scholar of the streets. Are you a student? No, I'm a bum. But bear in mind, I'm a Harvard bum. Who gives four Harvard students... We're roommates and we respect each other's space. ...a reason to open their hearts. If a woman is willing to give you her love, it's the greatest gift in the world. Joe Pesci, Brendan Fraser, Moira Kelly. That boy didn't go to Harvard for nothing. With honors, rated PG-13. Boy, they good have it for nothing. I tell you that boy, ain't that good? That boy over there, boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy. <laughs> That's the number one phrase that I took boy. home. That's <laughs> that I took home with this movie. Boy, oh boy. I like I like the way he says, "I'm a bum." I'm a bum, but I'm, I'm a, a Harvard bum. bum. I'm a Harvard bum. I'm a bum. I'm a Harvard bum with a New Jersey accent. Go figure. I'm a bum. I caught it again. I think he might have a Philly accent. He says the word John at one point. Maybe he's got to use the John. I don't yeah, think he or, said this I guess Harvard that could John. Be a, that could be a jersey, too. I think, uh, it, I, th- I think you're just, you know, believing your own stories, much like <laughs> how Joe Pesci's character believed his own story. Um, Yeah, so this was with Honored's 1994 film. Uh, critical consensus, 19%. However, one of our highest discrepancies ever on the pod, 74% audience score. Nick, what are your thoughts? Record record breaker. <laughs> record breaker for sure. This is yeah, uh this, 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 this is our highest discrepancy ever. People, people people love it. Uh nearly nearly fifty it's fifty-five percent discrepancy. I think I would I would walk out of theater. I'm going audience on this side. I'm not I'm not siding with the critics. I'm getting I would the, fit, yeah. Yeah I'm getting on the gang side. We're all gonna go and we're gonna bust some of these critics' heads wide open. You know what I mean? I would I would fare on the audience side as well. I feel that this is more of a um, uh, a, a failed recording of 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 uh, ratings from critics because of the physical versus digital era. This being a 1994 film, but you know I uh, I haven't I haven't seen this movie in modern in modern times. Like they ain't advertising this movie on Netflix. They're, they they uh, ain't advertising not. this movie on uh, on Tubi even like this is a this is a, a, a unknown unknown uh, quote unquote gem to the audience. I'm positive. Pesci that and Brandon I, Fraser. Uh, I'm positive that I heard about this movie from you on one of our podcasts from years ago. Yeah, yeah. I I barely remember this movie, and this was a this was a pay per view classic in my what house. You, yeah, what you said to me was Joe Pesci's a homeless guy who lives under Harvard and fucks with Brendan Fraser. And I was like, how is this movie not in my hands right now? How has my, how are my eyeballs not being clockwork oranged watching this film at this exact moment? And look at where we are today. We're talking about it because it's a Here's where we are. You're I watched, on, it, three you're t- I watched it three times and it's gotten better every time. I, wow. I think it's gotten better every time. Now that's a hot take. Joseph Speaking Pesci. Of hot takes. Joseph Pesci <laughs> is my guy. He is just, I think that's his full name. Sure. Speaking sure of <laughs> speaking of Irish boys, uh, Chuck O'Leary from Fantastica Daily is my blurb, and he said, obviously inspired by Scent of Woman, this one could have been called Scent of a Bump. Good job, Chuck. He also gave it a positive <laughs> rating, which is a uh, my probably my favorite genre of rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Is a guy is when the blurb <laughs> really calls it out, but then it has like a 
a good tomato next to it. Insultingly almost. positive. Uh, yeah. The most passive review of all time. Yeah, probably how I. That's kind of how I live my my movie going life. So I. Speaking I, of passive aggressive, Mark Savlov. Savlov's Savlov's. Savlov's dog is our is our guy. Uh, Mark Savlov's back uh, from the Austin Chronicle. Uh, Alex Kashishian, uh, the director. We'll talk about him in a minute. Pulls out all the stops on this heartstring yanker that makes its honorable points with all the subtlety of a Panzer division. Uh, sure, Mark. I guess there's a you know there's a lot of schmaltz in here. There's a lot of emotional uh, attachment to to the characters, but it's it's you know not without some merit. Not all merit, but some. He went a little overboard with the Panthers division as well. Yeah, I think that one Mark uh, <laughs> Mark lived in a time when movies going audiences were needed less things spelled out for them. So I think nowadays the with honors crowd isn't isn't what it used to be. I think I think for uh, for what it is now, with honors probably speaks to more of a middle brow audience. Not it's not the most subtle, but it it doesn't. Um, tear you apart lisa you know it's not it's not in your face yeah i agree um you know who didn't agree though our guy our guy raj uh all gbert with ebert he gave this movie two and a half stars is that a positive is, rating <laughs> that's technically over two it's <laughs> it's 50 percent. it's okay. a fail it's a failing grade i'm sorry to say out of five it's 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 a failing grade i thought raj is a four-star guy uh still 60 percent. not a not not a passing grade i'm sorry <laughs> okay. to say yeah, not a 70 doing. uh and two and a half stars take it take it objectively as you will i will and say it's objectively bad this <laughs> blurb did it occur to filmmakers to introduce one or even two new ideas into this material meanwhile roger our guy raj apparently knows the homeless community so well that he should have written a sequel to uh uh, the Valley of the Dolls, specifically about the Los Angeles homeless community. His blurb, and I go, and I go, and I quote, walking out of With Honors, I heard someone behind me scoffing that it was impossible for a homeless man to live in a furnace room of Harvard's Widener Library. Maybe so. But at the University of Illinois, which I attended, and which doubles for Harvard in the movie's graduation seat, I had a friend who lived in the furnace room of the Daily Illini. And survived on a diet of powdered milk, instant gelatin, dog biscuits, and raw fruit and veggies. He was arrested once for trying to give away Bibles in front of the library. So I could believe the homeless man with honors. He goes on to say, the lives of homeless tend to be messy and disorganized. And the movie could have gained some energy, I think, by tapping into that random quality. He is a man of the people. He should have been a politician. He uh, would have been Chicago's be finest. Yeah, should have been working with the LA Times, you know, man on the street interviewing all these guys. Yeah, yeah, taking him, taking him to movies. His uh, his TV show could have been. It would have been his movie. This guy. <laughs> it would have been him with Jamie Foxx in that movie about the violinist <laughs> in the middle of Los oh Angeles. Oh my god, it'd be called The Critic, and Quentin Tarantino would direct it. Wow. We yeah, J it. Jamie Foxx is has this like critical knowledge of. Uh, he used to be a film critic. Oh, okay. And I have massive there. schizophrenia now. I I'll cut this part in. out. We have to write the script. <laughs> <laughs> don't let other people hear this oh bro shouts to raj you know for for recognizing the people you know 
He gave it. He gave it his all, at least. Yeah. He, he put it all out there in that one review of this movie from, you know, 30 years ago. He also gave it 2.5 stars to make sure nobody ever fucking heard of it again. He was mm-hmm. like, bury, he's like, bury this thing six feet down so not a soul can find out how they how they almost treated. Immortem Joe of the, of respect. the movie industry. Very mediocre. Very <laughs> mediocre. Uh, uh, speak, speaking of <laughs> objective. I got the baby brother. <laughs> Speaking of objectiveness, let's get to the one and only. I got it pulling up right here. Nick to the facts. Directed by Alex Kashishian, who is a Alex uh, Kashishian. Alex Kashishian. Alex Hot Kashishian. You don't know. You don't know if it's Shishian, do you? Kashishian. 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 If we're going to say sheesh, you know, it should be in look, there. For... Do you do you want me to look up his uh etymo- his his name etymology cuz I'll do it. Yeah, I'm, please. I don't I don't even care. While you're doing it, uh I can go on this this t- small tiny rant about the word sheesh. He's uh, how, Lebanese. How, okay. So, he's Lebanese. Kashishian. Yeah. Well, Kashishian podcast over. We we did it. <laughs> We got to the bottom of it. This has been uh, <laughs> etymology. This has been nitpicking with Stephen and Nick. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Most well known for directing Madonna's Truth or Dare video, uh, one mm. video that I uh, did watch as a youth and thought that would be more scandalous than it was. He did Lucky Star. He did uh, a, a lot of famous uh, uh, Madonna. Madonna. Uh, yeah, Bobby Brown, did, Taylor did Dane. Just- like a virgin. Uh, Savage Garden, Hold Me, uh, Selena Gomez, Hands to Myself, and uh, Fergalicious Definition, Save It Till Morning. He also did uh, Madonna's Truth or Dare, as we said, with Honors, Love, and Other Disasters, starring the late, great Brittany Future Murphy. Contender. Future Contender, Future, I might Future Contender. Uh, one of those covers that you need to see to remember, and you'll remember the cover. According to Nick. According to me. But that's about it. Otherwise, Alex, he didn't he didn't quite make it. He keeps I, it quiet. I feel for the guy. Yeah, no, you know, he keeps it quiet. He's I think he's Madonna's go to guy. He probably does a live video for her uh, for her tours and stuff like that. You know, if he directed the video that she did for this movie, because Madonna, spoiler alert, was nominated for Golden Globe. For, By the way, he did direct the video. He did direct the video. Yes. OK, that video is. Up there with one of the crazier music videos I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's only because it's Madonna in a black bob walking into a music studio she steps up to the microphone she takes a look at the wall behind her on the wall gets projected the movie and you the second frame you see is joe pesci as a homeless person walking into a house being like hey i've got a bum i'm a bum in here <laughs> then she's inspired to sing a ballad and that's 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 the way that works Honest to God, that's probably how she wrote it. She said, we got to recreate the moment that I wrote this beautiful song for the movie with honors about Brendan Fraser as a Harvard student taking a homeless man under his wing who also teaches him and his four roommates how to love during the Christmas holidays. That's it. That's that's the that's, podcast. That's, I mean, that's it. exactly Let's what happened up right here. <laughs> he nailed it. Nailed it to a T. Just with the Madonna video. That's all you need to do to watch this film is just watch the Madonna music video. That's all you need to say. Basically, like I wrote this, but the person who actually wrote this is William Mastro Simone. Mastro Simone. Or no, it's like Bradley Cooper. Maestro Simone. Maestro Simone. 
he adapted it from his own play, according to a source that I read. Um, he also uh, wrote and directed the play Bang Bang You're Dead, uh, numerous TV movies. Um, he was a writer for, uh, but but yeah, Bang Bang You're Dead, and then this movie was. His oh, imagine team. the imagine having the the gall to adapt your own play into a movie, yeah, and selling it around town, sell shopping it. Shopping, shopping it. it and then a guy named alex kashishian decides going, to direct it <laughs> going to sprouts putting it on the shelf somebody gets an instacart and gets that delivered alex kashishian is probably the guy to have that done noble crew though cinematography two-time got... oscar winner sven nyquist oscar alert uh something new i want to introduce to the podcast i want to find every single oscar person <laughs> associated with every single movie that we do it and uh there's two of them in this episode. There is. Oh, man. I, all I could hear him was sn- sniffing and sn- snorting. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Notable Crew. Notable sound, Crew cinematography. Sound two the time. Oscar alert. Sound the Oscar alert. We got an Oscar winner on the podcast. Oscar alert. Oscar alert. Do it. Oscar alert. Sven Nykist, our guy Sven Nykist. Uh, he was Bergman's DP, Ingmar's, and uh, who else? No, just Ingmar. Oh, <laughs> Ingrid, Ingrid was pre Ingmar. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle, crimes and misdemeanors. What's eating Gilbert Grape? I'll spoil that. It's his mom's diet. Yikes. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, Sleepless in Seattle, though, you know, quite the movie. All time movie for Nick. Shot on the sound, you know, that's that's got some good cinematography in it. There's a lot of great there's a lot of great lines when uh you know the scene when scenes from a marriage pulls the map pulls the map down and says like this is where Cleveland is, this is where New York is, you know, a lot of good stuff. With Rosie O'Donnell. Absolutely, Rosie O'Donnell. Isn't that not the scene in Sleepless in Seattle? It's not that scene. It's not that scene. Sorry, I don't know. Moving on. Brendan Fraser also in this in this film. Uh, another Oscar winner recently. Yeah. Congratulations to him. He this is why we decided to do Fraser Ware because when a guy hits hits the peak of the pile when he's in a Martin Scorsese film, when he wins an Oscar, what For you have best, to do is remember actor. you have to remember where he came from. You know, so not supporting doing, best but, lead actor. That's why we're doing his uh, his two of his worst movies ever during this month. Fraserary that isn't Encino Man. <laughs> we already did Encino Man, which is a classic. I think. Classic, yeah, kind of, of unbelievable how overlooked uh, Encino Man still is. For sure. Joe Strong Pesci, Paulie Shore, Joe Pesci, almost in this movie. He's also in this movie. He's not almost in this movie. He's also <laughs> uh, in this movie. Almost in this movie. Joe well, Pesci is probably like sixty percent in this movie. <laughs> we got a different version of Joe Pesci than the one that we're used to. Uh, this one didn't curse, but he still did a little bit of his. Uh, rap, 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 he did a little bit of cursing. He did yeah. a little bit of cursing. He did some PG thirteen cursing. I'm a bum. <laughs> he did get to say that a lot, so that was nice. Patrick Dempsey as a as a as a boho Harvard kid. Uh, Early McDreamy with the with the solid vest choice, the solid goatee, the solid curly hair, and the kangaroo hat. But also <laughs> multiple Kangle hats in this film. Poor choice of pets and gimmicks. Let's just yes. let's just be real here. Owns owns a rooster in the movie. Owns a rooster. Yeah. We got and Josh he- Hamilton as Jeff. Um 
which are three names that you could forget immediately and you wouldn't be worse off. You would just, Lamest duck of the house. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we got uh, Stephen's guy, Gore Vidal. Our guy, playing, Gore. Playing Professor Pekanon. Gore Vidal. Okay, so so for those of you who don't know, he was America um, America's no- novel laureate, basically. Wrote some some fantastic novels, did some fantastic criticisms of American politics and, and American societies, was one of the first vocal uh, proponents of sexual liberation. Um, he was a, a, a relatively known Lothario of both sexes and both and many genders. Um, and, uh, you know, was an American icon that needs to needs to be studied. Honestly, he's like a Mark Twain of the 20th century. Let's be honest here. Wow, we're we're are we a Gorvidal podcast? I think we Gor- we are for sure a Gorvidal podcast because Absolutely. I'm going to tell you his other films that he's in. Two of them are future contenders. Okay. Uh, uh, this movie and Shadow Conspiracy, uh, leading Charlie Sheen uh, American political uh, movie. Think Absolute Power, but with Charlie Sheen and it's PG thirteen. Okay, yeah. So that he's also in Gattaca, and he's also yep. in Bob Roberts. Oh, Bob Robs. Yeah. Bob Roberts Bob blog. Uh, fun fact: He had a biopic created by Netflix that was supposed to be released in 2018, but two things happened. One, it was it was uh the Me Too movement, and the star of the movie um uh, prevented the movie from being released because of his uh nefarious activities. And two, that person, Kevin Spacey. Ah. <laughs> our guy Space, our guy spaced out. Uh, and apparently really good friends with Gore Vidal, so had really good inside access with him. He was in a, another movie with him. Uh, let me be yeah. frank. Let me be frank with you, Stephen. Well, it's probably for the best on that one. Uh, Gore Vidal no longer with us, correct? Yeah, he's been dead for a while. Okay, well, shout out to our guy. You know, shout out, shout out to you. Um, and then, been. and then, uh, last but not least, uh, the the last roommate, also the love, the future love interest of Brendan Fraser. Spoiler alert: Yes, Moira Kelly as Courtney. Moira Kelly, uh, the, the she almost happened. She was this close to happening. She was yes. absolutely on the on the cutting edge of almost happening. Absolutely. Uh, um, you may have seen her in the Cutting Edge, the film about the the hockey and the figure skater. Uh, you might have seen her in the first season of The West Wing. Shouts, shouts to The West Wing. Uh, inspiration. Never stop stopping. We're gonna stay here till we get to the top, top, topping. The White House is not our might house. This is Mickey Mouse House. I'm drunk now. Released on April 29th, 1994, PG-13 rating and a runtime of 103 minutes. 103 is not bad. It, 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 you, you could use a few minutes uh, deleted here or there, but otherwise it's a, it's a relatively fine film at 103 minutes. As you all know, we are a hard 90 podcast. Uh, we, we finish the podcast in 90 minutes no matter what, and we also appreciate every movie that finishes in 90 minutes no matter what. Uh, you know, it just respects it not only respects the production it respects the audience as well absolutely an hour and a half is enough of your time to get anything said you know there's there's Cogman's just... law anything else is always something better <laughs> you know it are we we should have recock are we going to recock recocktails when's the year when's the year of release probably yes probably yesteryear yesterday probably last... <laughs> yesteryear last year i think 1988 1988. Yep, we missed it. 
Who cares? We gotta wait another four years. Who cares? We'll be back, cocktail. We'll be back. Ruba Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take it. That's to right. Plot keywords. Ooh. Harvard University, homeless man, college student, friendship, unlikely friendship. Not just a friendship, but unlikely friendship there, sir. Some people would say me and you have an unlikely friendship. And to those people, I say, you are a homeless man and I am a college student. You need to back <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> you need to get away from me, you, you garbage man. <laughs> uh, real quick thought from you. Harvard overrated, underrated. Overrated, overrated right absolutely. i gotta take it as overrated especially with the heat it's getting right now and that yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. it's so easily penetrable like you couldn't do the same slander story to like mit no 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 you couldn't do the same slander story to like um mit's mit's impenetrable because yeah mit's impenetrable because like Nobody there is capable of having. Because they'll send fucking robots <laughs> at you, man. They're going to send fucking robots at you and snap well, your neck in the middle of the night. And they are robot people, so there's just there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of emotion going on there. They don't, they don't fall for your little ruses. They, they see right through your disguise. They have no emotions. They're robot people. They have already infused their brains with the cyborg cloud mind and have <laughs> taken over with the diabolical <laughs> things homeless like Joe, that. Homeless Joe Pesci would have never snuck in to live underneath their library. No. It's just no. a fact. It's just a he fact. wouldn't have survived because he would have been a human trial in, into some into some gladiator <laughs> si- robot situation. <laughs> yeah instead that's of the like, next with honors movie yeah instead of a thesis getting uh dropped down the uh, furnace and into his clutches it would be just like a robot who ends up attacking him and like morphing into his brain that's <laughs> yeah. how we pitch the sequel we're gonna pitch the sequel right now yeah, it's yeah. joe it's joe pesci returns right now as a clone of simon from 30 years ago and he's living at mit and he goes listen i got the ai formula and we need to transfer this to the american people they have to notice or else they're going to be controlled by robots and then no one believes him because he's just a homeless guy and then that's the final scene as he's fighting robots in, in some underground gladiator uh sort of situation if joe pesci makes a sequel to with honors and not to any of his other movies then i'm all in you know yeah let's fuck let's fucking go he actually Who he needs a, a raging of, bull too <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of movies underneath 25%. This is really this did. is definitely not his only one. Uh, but the thing that's above 25% on Roger Tomatoes with Joe Pesci, his picture. Right. He's got he's got a he's got a Fu Manchu in his Rotten Tomatoes picture, which is just unbelievable. Good work. He's dead sexy. He's dead sexy on Joe the Pesci. IMDB. Yeah. 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 You you don't think he can grow a mustache because he never really has one in anything. And then he has a beard in this movie, and you're like, okay, I, I get it. I see, I understand. Believable. Tagline. If you want, you want to go to Harvard. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you no. You're you're already you're revved up. Nope. Go ahead. Nope. Not doing it. If you want a degree, go to Harvard. If you want an education, go to Simon Wilder. That's not bad. That's yeah. not that's not a bad tagline. It's damn good. Yeah, it's damn um, good. Ah. <sighs> It's a shame that we have to do this, but we got to try to rework this tagline. You know, we got to go. We got to get in the lap. We can juice it up a little. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's head to our uh, compatriots on uh, on Madison Ave and see what they can conjure. Here we go. Okay, so it should probably have Harvard in it. We got Harvard, we got an education, and then we got an understanding. We have yeah. homeless people. We have we yeah. have to know that homeless people are an indigent. 
And when they're indigent, they ask for handouts. But if they need handouts, then we shouldn't give it to them. Yeah. If they need, they, it's it's a want versus need mentality. Yeah. Picture a poster board, and then picture the word on the poster board. You know. I got it. Simon wants to live. Monty needs the love. With honors. We did it, folks. Yeah, that was excellent. Uh, Simon wants to live. Monty needs to love with honors. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. If that's on the poster, 20% Rotten Tomato score, I think. I think it goes it's up, up there. One. I think you get one more positive review out of yeah, it. Yeah, at least, yeah, yeah, at least a percentage point. Yeah, it's, uh, from, it's, a, uh, it's one of the critics who walks Christian out of Radio the movie. Network. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the critics who walks out of the movie and looks over and sees it. And you I know, didn't like I didn't <laughs> like the bad language, but the but the tagline on the poster was nice. Did they get um less reviews because they had to go to the theater to watch them? Maybe and maybe now that there's you know they they all get screeners of everything. Yeah, with paved roads, the you know the southern the south never recovered until you know the, <laughs> ni- the early two thousands. Uh, they never had infrastructure. Yes, compared they still streaming. were fording rivers in the nineteen seventies <laughs> down there. Streaming compared to reconstruction, I think. With is oxen, the, apropos, fight and dysentery. Uh, uh, budget ten. Budget question mark. We got three question marks here. Can cannot we understand. No, we have no idea. Yeah, cannot understand where the actual sources are for the budget. It's not known on the Wikipedia. It's not known on the IMDb. Not on Box Office Mojo. Not nowhere. Not nowhere that you can find this here budget. But the box office take twenty million. So I I, I would only assume that the bo- budget was nine ten maybe. I feel like this this movie made its money back. Is 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 my general general opinion based off the research. I'm going to get to I'm going to put on my accounting hat for one second. Here here we go. Um we got Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. How much do you think Joe Pesci was paid for that movie? About 15 million. According to uh Kakalu Bindia. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Kakalu Bindia. That's what Kalk the website's Uh he was paid 7 million dollars for Home Alone 2. Wow. They paid That's, Oscar uh, Oscar winner Joe Pesci seven million dollars for Home Alone two, um, so, so that would put him in. That would make my guess fiver. They give him yeah, fiver for this. Probably getting five. Yeah, and then Brendan on his way up. He already did Encino Man. He's not getting paid a lot. No one else is getting paid as much as Pesci in this film. Without he's question. about to have his big year. Right, so Frazier's about to have his big year. But this Dempsey's, ain't a big film. He's about to have his big year. Yeah, he he didn't this quite make it. Film. This this is a uh, this is Brendan Fraser's 1994. I mean, this is a wannabe indie film. This is this is like a reluctant uh, mass st- big studio production. Like if 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 uh, what what's that? Paramount Vantage or or Focus Features existed at this time. That's what it would be. But it was what, what was it? Some 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 random some random studio released this film. Oh yeah, I, I had no idea who the who the uh, it was Spring Warner Creek, Brothers Spring Creek Productions. Yeah, Warner Brothers just just showed it. So it was it was like uh, what's Warner's independent label? There's they have their own, right? Uh, who knows? Who the fuck knows, guy? What are we? Something that you know, this, is, this is a podcast. New line. Get to, bo- to the bottom of things, but not that. We're, it's new line. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I was away, thinking of. Staying away from that. Uh, Brendan Fraser's 1994 is 
busy, but now that I look at it, it's actually it's it's pretty bad. He did school ties in '93, coward or '92, along with Encino Man, which really set him up to be a superstar. And then he did with with honors, Airheads, uncredited appearance in, in the contender. army in the army now with Paulie Shore, future, future contender. contender. And he did the Scout, which is a damn near future contender. Damn so, near, um, too good. Uh, so after that, it was what's his pass, name? Joe Nebraska. Pass. Yeah, Steve Nebraska. Yeah, Steve Nebraska. Steve, he's the original Shohei Otani. So if you if you haven't heard of him, go fucking educate yourself. She there, there was a guy doing what Shohei did way before, and his name was Steve Nebraska. And Albert Brooks was eyewitness to that. He was struggling um, until '97 when he did George of the Jungle, and then everything that that was when the game changed. Yeah, game change when he did the mu- the mummy. This was not Apex uh, phrase. No, yet. George of the Jungle was two years before the mummy. He's That's just, what game- he's still cutting it, his teeth. George of the Jungle is the Tokyo Drift to uh, mm. the mummy's Fast Five. Mm. If, you, if you get what I'm saying, I have no idea what you're saying, but it's okay. Uh, speaking of weird trivia, six big name British actors were in the running for Pitt Cannon, the Gore Vidal's role, but Pesci vetoed all of them, wanting to go the wanting the role. To go to a big name American actor, and what bigger name American actor would fulfill this role than Gore all? <laughs> I wonder how much they convinced Gore all just to take it based on the fact that it was a Harvard movie and he got to play a Harvard professor, which he was doing at the time. Yeah, him and a, a director, director Alex, also a Harvard guy. So musician, yeah, yeah, maybe those. Come who on, do you think, who do you think got turned down? Here's do it for the old crimson. I'm gonna throw one name at you, and I'm I'm positive this guy got his name floated, but he didn't make it. Richard Attenborough. Richard or David? Dick Attenborough. Dick Dick was too busy doing Jurassic Park at this time. He's he he already did his bit part in Jurassic Park. He's not bit part. He was a he was a pivotal part of that film. I'm rewatching it right now. You can already did it. 1993. He was he was done with it. He was he needed another job. Yeah, he's probably bedridden by then. That's Pesci how he was, took all of his energy to do, to be to be uh, what's his face? And she was like, "Oh, that uh, dress back guy, fuck that guy. I don't want that guy. Uh, I don't want that Santa Claus looking motherfucker in my in my movie." But this film was originally a Dustin Hoffman project. Is, originally uh, set up as Dustin Hoffman as as Simon, which would have been probably a twenty percent better movie. Uh, to be honest, Dustin absolutely. Hoffman, I feel yeah. like has the has the breadth. And the ability to portray himself as a, a, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was, what's his face in Death of a Salesman? He was, uh, Peter Sellers. No, who's the lead in Death of a Salesman? Peter Sellers? What's the goddamn (laughs) character name? Uh, Steve Sellers. Willie Loman. (laughs) He was Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. Yes, yes. He's only one, he's one of four people to ever play Willie Loman on, on screen. Yeah, so like he he knows how to play that sad sacky sort of sort of smart assy um character already. So it, it amazes me that he didn't uh didn't follow through with with the character and it went to Beshi. But I mean, it's not like it's a downgrade. It's just a it's a weird lateral, I, I guess, for character choice. Because well, we're going to talk about it in yeah. the movie. But the the character seems to be smart when you first meet him, and then the way Pesci plays him, he ends up actually just being a a real like man of the streets, so like an actual just like homeless guy who's just he, been through a lot of hard times. He's street think, smart, but emotionally bankrupt. Yeah, I think that Hoffman would have pushed it in the other direction and just right. been like, oh, I'm like kind of a Harvard educated type of guy 
who who ran right. into some bad times, not made some bad choices. No, nah, not just gave it all up. But those trivia are nothing compared to what uh, what you what you have in store for us. I dug up some I dug, piece. dug up some shit on some uh, some of the soundtrack here. So we all know that Madonna was uh, the Golden Globe nominated um, song for With Honors. <clears throat> However, Seattle grunge band Mud Honey, one of my favorites, Mud were asked Honey, to contribute. Yeah. Yeah, we're asked to contribute a track to the soundtrack. And uh, in the notes from the compilation written by the band, uh, quote, they sent us a clip from the movie uh, of some jock running through the snow with EMF's hit Unbelievable scoring the action. Uh, they said they were looking for an upbeat song like that for the part of the film. We told them that we had a bitchin' little instrumental that it might work. They insisted on a song with words, though. So I put some words uh, on it and sent down both versions. Uh, figuring they'd, they'd just have to choose the instrumental. Unfortunately, they didn't. The song, Run Shithead Run, is included on the soundtrack, but Mud Huddy claims they never got another such request uh, to contribute to a soundtrack again. So good for them on on <laughs> trying to make a joke with uh, the production company. Production company didn't buy it and put Run Shithead Run in the well, Shout out to Run Shithead Run. I think that's, shout a, out to that's, a Mud Honey. that's a Shout out to Mud Honey for, for, you know, not complying with, uh, with some... Uh, with some uh, whitewashing, if you ask me. Speaking of whitewashing, what's the movie plot, Nick, according to Ron Tomatoes? <laughs> Academia meets street smarts when Monty Kessler, a graduate stu- student, he's actually not a graduate student when I uh, when I just rewatched it. Yeah, he's he's, he's uh, trying to get into grad school. He's in the doctorate pro, or he's in a, he's in some, he has to do a thesis. So yeah, a thesis he's, he's, uh, alludes to a graduate program makes you think that it's a graduate program but he's actually trying to graduate with honors to get into a graduate program right and yeah. he needs pecan and blessing to really do that. his advisement yes 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 a graduate student struggling mm, to finish yes. this program loses his thesis and finds it in the hands of a homeless man named simon wilder should have just said in the grubby paws of a homeless man named simon wilder <laughs> In the fingerless gloves of a homeless man named Simon <laughs> get, get, get out of here, you birds! <laughs> Though the two get off on the wrong foot, they become unlikely friends with Simon teaching Monty some important life lessons. Although Monty's roommates, including his buddy Everett Calloway, played by Patrick Dempsey, initially yeah, dislike Nick- <laughs> having Monty around, <laughs> Simon around, they grow to appreciate him too. What's uh, what's Simon's most important life lesson about women in the library, Nick? Bring that one up. Women are beautiful. A women, they're so pure, they're so good. Oh, I love them. Oh, they make me so happy. happy. Boy, oh joy. boy, do I love the, them. Their joy. Oh, yeah, their joy. joy. Is that what women are? I can't remember. Egg, joy, I just joy, remember egg, that. Joy, egg, joy, egg, joy, egg, joy, egg, joy, egg. Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry, I was trying to get you to do that. Uh, speaking of which, you're making a scene. My favorite two scenes of this whole film is obviously the the one that's been circulating around social media for a while. It's Gore Vidal versus Joe Pesci in the in the Harvard lecture lecture room um, where they talk about the Constitution and worth, worth it, a watch on YouTube if you haven't seen this movie. Right. Yet. It's a good just, little three minute watch. Yeah, just throw it up there. You'll get where to hear Gore Vidal say, treats him like trash. Yeah, you get to hear him say, "I'm a bum," you know, but I'm his, a Harvard bum in his great Pesci way, and then he gives you a little bit of Man of the People speech. Yeah. It's either you that gotta, or I appreciate it. It's yeah, either that or it's the end of the movie where he meets his son and then uh, then his heart gets broken and he runs into a field that resonated with me <laughs> just based off being a Seinfeld fan, specifically an episode where uh, Jerry's friend, uh, whenever he gets uh, depressed, he runs into the woods and starts digging a hole for himself. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe know when when it was time for him to die. That's all I got to say. 
Um, Nick, what what are you making a scene in any anywhere? Yeah, I would. I I want to go to the first scene just because I have some some um, issues the, with it. Well, so the running so the, scene, running scene. Yes, not the not the opening scene, not the oh, one the where, cor- where the Corvidal scene. Right after that, the scene where is the impetus for the entire movie. Like the movie is nothing without this like inciting incident. Here's the inciting incident in this movie. Brendan Fraser has a thesis. He goes into his advisor's office and his advisor says, oh, where's your thesis? I would like to read it. Uh, You got 150 days. It says that's what uh, that's what Patrick Dempsey said on the radio. Right. To start the film, he says 150 days to your theses are due. That's a lot. That's a long time. That's a long time to finish your thesis. Shit just got real. He goes to his advisor's office. His advisor says, "Like, oh, I would like to read it." Yada yada. And he says, "I have it all memorized." Here's the beginning. And so he starts reciting his thesis, chapter one. He says, "You know, you can't trust uh, the people of America because they just want too much shit, and nothing will ever happen. A melting pot is a terrible idea." Is basically what he says. I'm drunk now. <laughs> I guess I didn't really listen to that part, and it uh, was concerning. Yeah, he returns. He's being a major contrarian against the uh, you know the socialistic aspect that America should thrive to be. And he uh, he returns home and he goes to his very old computer, like a nineteen. It's a it's the year is nineteen ninety four. Picture any computer from nineteen ninety four and think older. Because there's no way this computer is even the that computer high-tech. you're thinking of from 1994 is a computer from 1974. That's all you need to say. <laughs> and so he is uh, he's typing away. He's still writing. He's writing down the very first chapter on his computer. And then power goes out. Computer dies, loses his thesis. Was he on chapter one? I don't know. He It, it just picked up from where he had said it in the office. So it, it was like three sentences in. And then he says, oh, shit, I now I got to go. I got to go make I got to go Xerox the rest of these copies. I have the first 10 chapters of my thesis written. So he he's running downstairs. Moira Kelly runs after him. She says he can't do this alone. He, he he's running. He trips and he falls and he spills his thesis in a manila envelope down a grate, which funnily enough, leads into the furnace of the library of Harvard, which a, don't even get me started on how it's just an open grate leading into the furnace of Harvard. That's just not even to a boiler, in. not even <laughs> to a sewage line, nothing. You can just see through the grate, and there's there's the boiler room right there. Like anybody can just like drop shit. If it rains, it's gonna fill that entire place with water. Hey yo, what the fuck? He goes down there, and uh, who has his thesis? But this little homeless man named Joe Pesci, uh, who is obviously wine drunk. Homeless guy named Joe Pesci. Like, <laughs> hey, my name's Simon. Everybody call me over here. Call me Joe Pesci. He actually is. A, I'll give Joe to Pesci a lot of credit. He's not really Joe Pesci in this movie. Do you think? No, he's like a he's like a um, a homeless guy pretending to be Joe Pesci. <laughs> that's that's I guess that's the best comparison, right? There. I think he put on his acting cap for this one. I think he's really he's pulling out some stops in this movie. If, if I'm uh, if he's I'm not mistaken. doing a terrible job, but he's not doing an Oscar worthy job. Or is he? I don't so know. Then he uh, so then he he refuses to give him his thesis and he wants to use it as a, as a bargaining chip. Each page is a bargaining chip to like get things from Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser goes home, calls the cops on him. 
he he almost goes to jail, but then uh, he Brandon hides. Fraser feels sorry for him. Yeah, he hides the thesis somewhere, and Brendan still needs it. So that's the whole. That's what the movie starts with. That's the that's the inciting incident. You gotta and give then, me a fucking break. <laughs> like none of it, did, none of it made any sense. And There's then from no there, it just leads to, to life lessons. Apparently, that changes his complete view on reality. And Brandon Fraser turns that in, and Gore Vidal's very upset that he changed his mind on uh, on being a cynic. The first thirty minutes of this movie are a different movie than the last hour of this movie. The last hour of this movie is just Brandon Fraser and a homeless man living together and like becoming good friends. And I'm just yeah. like, wow, okay, I'm here for I'm here for this portion of the movie. But the who's, thesis thing is really where you lose me. Who's uh, the guy that wrote Tuesdays with Maury and Mitch uh, album? R- Mitch album. This yeah. turned into a Mitch album novel in the last act of the of the film. That's exactly. It's like, right. hey, who cares about Harvard? This guy's dying over here. <laughs> yeah, go take care of this guy. Yeah, you He's find a out a lot more things. But that leads us to our questions portion of the evening. Uh, my your my first question, your first question, all of our questions is how did Monty get into Harvard? He doesn't even know that he <laughs> how to his run. dad died, and then his mom had some money from his dad dying, but then he's he I don't feel like he's smart enough to he's get not, into he's Harvard. Absolutely not smart enough. He he's a fake smart guy, classic fake smart guy. Maybe he was part of Crew, and that's he's how he good, got a scholarship, and then he stopped though. being in Crew. He's tall, good looking. And that's how he gets shoulder. to hang out with Moira. I don't know. It's an unanswerable question. How do we get Moira and crew is the better question. She's, she's the, the strength. She's like the strength and conditioning coach. There's she those, is like 104 pounds. She she whips people into shape. Look at her. She knows how to whip some dudes, whip some dudes up and be like, hey, you're better than you're better than who you are. You scumbag. Well, I guess this leads me to my next question. Yes. How or hot no? is Moira? <laughs> is Moira Kelly hot? In Bang. This She's smanging she's, in this movie. She's good. Yeah. yeah. She's she rocks the she rocks the short haircut quite well. Yeah. She knows how it's, to it's the, she knows it's the, how it's to the cause some grief. That it goes low, it's by her chin in the front as her bangs, and then it comes up high in the back, and you're like, nobody can pull that off. And then then you see her walking around she being does. nice to everybody, and you're like, Wow, that lady did. Really that lady great. did good on her. Good and she's her. really nice in the movie, you know, and she's very supportive. She's understanding. She she knows where the lines are and she doesn't yeah. cross them. She's Speaks not a ball buster by any stretch of the imagination. Has good banter. Good banter. Yep. If anything, Brendan Fraser doesn't doesn't deserve her. Monty is a wet like blanket. There is a real wet blanket in this movie, but uh, there's a damp blanket, and that that damp blanket is Monty. It's his damp his Brendan. damp blanket got warmed by the heart of Simon. <laughs> <laughs> the boiler room of, of in the boiler. The, the boiler. boiler Why in the library? Heart. While I was reading Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. <laughs> Um, uh, Simon's fatal flaw in the movie was really thinking that a Harvard student would not call the cops on him living in the basement. Come on, man! You have you you have it too good there. You can't you bounced. can't let this. Yeah, you can't let this happen. You or should have just left and been like the police showed up and they took away all his stuff and but but still was around and not fully arrested. Then that would have been like that would have been a better part of the story than him going to jail and Brent Fraser like, no, he can't go to jail. He's my ward. <laughs> He would, I guess maybe it was, maybe he thought it was a matter of time until they like caught him going in and out. He he had the, he had the rumor that he was Walt Whitman's ghost wandering around the library. Was he not coming out during the day, you know, because they don't just let anybody in the library at Harvard, do they? 
Can you know, this like was that. the 90s, he I must say. Crazy hair and a beard. So No facial recognition software was available on their security cameras. So uh, I feel like they were pretty lax on who could enter Widener Library. Was Simon a philosopher king or was he just a homeless guy who read a lot? What do you um, think? I feel like he he's not book smart by any means, but his experiences gave him some street smarts. And that's why he was considered an intellectual. So like, you know, those certain people that definitely never read, um, you he know, read leaves of grass while Whitman, you know? Yeah. He read books, but, but the, but he was regurgitating ideas based off of personal anecdotes rather than from the books that he read. So I think, I think from him, he gleaned some knowledge from the books that he read, but from, from, for the most part, he gained his true knowledge from his interactions with people. And I think that's the message of the movie is like him being a merchant Marine and, and realizing himself. But he made a huge mistake. Yeah. He had one regret in life, but, but it wasn't, but at the same time, that wasn't his regret. He, I think he, I think the goal of his, of what he wanted his life to be was to meet new and interesting people and have these new and interesting experiences. Um, and then at the very end of his life was like, oh, this means nothing because I should have just fucking raised my son that, uh, that I had with the one true love that I had. Yeah. That's the which is a I, weird I, message at yeah, the end Joe, of the day. Joe Pesci was a deadbeat dad and, uh, Brandon Fraser was son of a deadbeat dad. And so he they, wasn't smart for that. Like they, that, that's where the, that's why he wasn't book smart or else he'd have that knowledge to be like, oh, I should probably be there to rear, rear my child though with a decision that I completely made to be with this person the rest of my life. And the moral of this movie at the end was maybe to be a little more sympathetic because you're not sure what your dad be dad went through, you know, when they when they left. Uh, the general knowledge of like you don't know what it is, what it's like in the other person's shoes until you walked a mile in it. Like that's that's I think what the main message is here, because the the whole thing about like considering a homeless person more or less subhuman and and realizing that hey they have these human emotions and human experiences too that just because you don't know nothing you don't know nothing about them doesn't mean that they don't resonate with you you sound uh you sound a lot like our by our, our boy roger ebert over here our guy Raj. hey I know, I know hey listen i can go live under a bridge anytime i want <laughs> it doesn't make doesn't make homeless a voluntary choice did alexander payne and uh Matt Damon and Ben Affleck both all watch this movie and decide to write their movies uh, just a little between, bit differently. Uh, okay, so between this and The Fisher King, yes, they drew a lot of imp- inspiration from this. However, I just saw an interview with, with Brandon Fraser right after this movie came out. He refused to connect The Fisher King to this movie, and, and I just wanted to call out, <laughs> bullshit, Brendan. Come on, man. Your agent is feeding you this lie. You know yeah. it's true. Don't lie to me. It's for sure Fisher King adjacent at best. Absolutely. Uh, it's like Emerald Fennell on her on her latest tour whenever anybody <laughs> would bring up uh, talented Ripley? Mr. Ripley. Yeah, she, she would just it's be like. It's not Ripley. She's like, no, I, I actually didn't think about that movie at all. And I, I don't even know what that movie is, to be honest. <laughs> that movie is nothing to me. This is a real st- uh, story from my heart. I would. I would. Uh, the way to get this movie back into circulation, I think, is the double feature it with the holdovers. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's nearly the same. You can. I uh, would tr- start I with the triple feature it, or do, you, or do you start with with honors? <laughs> Which one? I would. Do you trick them into watching it on the back end? No, I would go home. 
I would go. I would go. I would go. Worst, better, best. Okay. Or good, better, best, or whatever. Start with win with honors, then go to the Fisher King, then go to the holdovers. That you do the triple feature. I think you get a holdover second, so that way everybody's like, "Oh, that was good. I'm in a good mood. Maybe I'll watch another third good movie." And it's the Fisher King. No, They're because like, oh, the first, <laughs> the beginning of Fisher King is a is a mass shooting. <laughs> you have to you have to give them shit, shit, and then greatness at the very end to hold hold over hope. It's all about holding over hope, Nick. Um, the housing situation couldn't have loved it better. It was in Boston, however, so so the big flaw is that it was a single level home, not a yeah, not a tree, with, not with, a tree decker. with five rooms all on the same, all on the same floor, con- connecting out of the same hallway, which was one cool. bathroom, a, cir- a circular hallway, one bathroom, that one bathroom, tough. one war station. Yeah, my question is, are there enough? Is there enough cash flow coming around for all these people to be staying in this nice, beautiful house in a? In Cambridge, allegedly Patrick Dempsey had the money, um, yeah, the money. and then Jeff had he was some floating money. other. I think he was floating Brendan Fraser's rent as well. A lot of it, yeah, okay. contributing a lot of it. Just he, had a, he had a rooster too named Gorky. I uh, can't forget. Love Gork. the Gork. We yeah. we are Team Gork podcast. We're Gorkers. We're a Gork. This is a Gork podcast. It has been a Gork gorked. podcast since the very beginning, and it's going this, to continue. This has been a <laughs> this has been a long used term on this pod. It honestly has. I have a uh, I have a long uh, chat history that Steven's not in that is called the Gork Squad. Yeah, we're gorking it. So shout shout to my Gorkers, you know, shout to the Gorks. Shout out to Gorky, R.I.P. Gork. That's um, time for Are You For Real. I think this is the real, the crux of the movie that is tough. Um, He is just a random homeless guy who who wants to come live in the house, and he basically like blackmails his way into living in the house. Um, living in a living in a grad student house in Harvard, yeah. Yeah, is that is that as tough as we think it is? I think it. I think you want to say it's not, and you would want to say you'd be pretty chill with your roommate just bringing home a, home, a homeless guy and being like, "Hey, he just needs a place for a couple weeks." He's It'd be more my... believable if it was like their <laughs> thesis, thesis study. Back. <laughs> yeah, like if he was contributing actually to like what they're what they're trying to convey in their thesis statement, then yeah, it'd be way believable. But the fact that like he just so happens to be black, well, in the nineties, I don't know how compelling it would it could be for for um to to say like I have your physical thesis in my hand and you're not gonna you're not gonna get it back until you do these tasks for me, Eddie McDowd. Uh, you're, you're gonna be my dog. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Reference to the classic TV show, Hundred Good Deeds for Eddie McDowd. Right? Happy birthday, Seth Green turned fifty today. <laughs> wow. By the way, he is an old fuck. Unreal. Well, that'll uh, be but, our, that's our next podcast life. You know, a hundred hundred podcasts for Stephen and Nick. Yeah, until we you know turn back into dogs. Um, yeah, you know, I think. So as much as so one other roommate Jeff is uh, is very against Simon being around, and then everybody else kind of hates on him for it. And you wonder, was Jeff kind of right in just being suspicious at the very least, or just uh, you know Jeff was like- so insecure with his sexuality, he had to be insecure <laughs> with Joe Pesci. That's what it was. 
Jeff yeah, was, was, really was so everywhere. very, very in the closet that he didn't want anybody to have any peace and understanding in their lives. You're he couldn't have right. internal peace and understanding in his life. Therefore, no one else could. Hence why really, he hated on Brendan, want- <laughs> hated on Moira, hated on Patrick Dempsey, hated on Gorky. He, he was number one antagonist of, of Gorky because if, if, if Joe Pesci's character didn't kill Gorky, motherfucking Jeff would have killed him easily before the end of this film. Absolutely, because he was because uh, he kept being called the cock, you know. It, and then really, once he got, really, and then once really he got, got fully shell, shut out from the entire household, and Joe Pesci was on his literal deathbed, <laughs> Jeff was like, "Oh, I guess I'll join this. Uh, I guess I'll join this. Uh, you know, band of uh, band of hooligans." That I'm sorry that I feel sorry for. Let that be another part of this movie that you should know. Uh, Jeff Joe Pesci dies at the end of this movie. He uh, he he has asbestos in his lungs from building ships and sailing on ships as a, a merchant marine. Wants to die like a dog. Brandon Fraser doesn't allow it. <laughs> he almost dies on the streets once. He almost dies in a field once. He almost dies uh, in a in a frozen car one time. But then at the end, he dies in a nice warm bed while being read uh, leaves of grass. Leaves of grass. Walt Whitman. Grass. Leaves of grass. And it um. It struck an emotional chord with me. I don't know about you, but I, I nearly, I damn near got teared up. If I was watching that right. in a movie theater, I think I might have, might have got to me. Yeah, very, very much so. But, uh, but at the same time, you, uh, I understood that you know he was ready to die, and you know when people are ready to die, you, you can't be sad for him. Notorious BNG, ready to die. Uh, do you have any other? Are you for reals? Um. Are we supposed to feel bad about deadbeat dads? I feel like we were supposed to feel bad for Brendan Fraser's dad at the end because he tried to resonate Simon with being his uh, his surrogate father, his surrogate yeah. deadbeat dad, trying to make trying to make a reckoning. But he never made a reckoning with Brendan Fraser. He was still trying to like blackmail him to the end. He's uh, the hom- <laughs> yeah, he's the homeless guy who stepped up, not the. Home, the step home he's not the he's the deadbeat dad who stepped up you know, the deadbeat dad who stepped out <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is they great very very good um yeah that's really my only call out is like why why were we feeling sympathy for joe pesci at the end um when he made when he literally made his bed and laid in it these are the um the bashing over the head of the the themes um, feel bad of, for man feel bad for man yeah yeah basically a lot of good stuff in this movie You're, they they did make you make you want to feel a little bit more than you should have uh you're scum between my toes that's how i Love felt <laughs> real good stuff though uh the kickoff to this movie great scene brendan fraser running through the oh my god this, this you start any movie streets. with the cult see she sells sanctuary I am there a thousand percent. Classic song. It'll get your blood flowing. It was better than using AMF's Unbelievable. Thank God Munhoney called that out. Yeah. Great to hear. You're unbelievable. Whoa. Oh! Uh, what? What? Yeah, that's, that's not, not for us. Bank, 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 bank. Yeah. Um, love the Love the cinematography. Yeah, good. Obviously, it was awesome. Sven, There's a reason Sven is a two-time, two, two-time Oscar winner. You know, he uh, he didn't phone it in for any of this movie. A lot of good shots. A lot of good shots. I really like the trope of the um, Ivy League roommate who fries his brain and then moves to moves to a uh, exotic locale. 
Yeah, so a lot of mentions of Bali, Bali in this movie. A lot of a lot Bali, of Bali references. Movie. Bali tourism went up about 13% after this. Bali movie. must have been high. Uh, it must have been a, a big thing in the 90s. It was like now Fiji. It, now it's kind of, now it's Fiji because mm-hmm. of the water. They give you those little bottles when you get on the planes to get. Oh, get really? Yeah. Oh, who would have so I've heard. You think it's good that he uh, had to go Xerox at 10 p.m. at night? I love uh, the, the th- word This Xerox. is a missing. Yeah. The word Xerox is good. Because it's not photocopy. That, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's like using a Kleenex. It's a brand recognition uh, uh, activity. Yeah. Because instead of saying, hey, I need a tissue. Hey, I need a Kleenex. Hey, um, uh, I need a paper towel. No, give me a Scott towel. Uh, <laughs> it's like how, it's like how we zoom now when we could have been saying when we used to Skype, you know, or we, we used, used to, to Skype. Uh, Hit me yeah. up on Teams, yeah. Skype, um, really, Skype fucked it up. We've said it once. We'll say it again. Catch me on Periscope, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. The the whole aspect of '90s technology being used throughout this entire film, the pay phones, the 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 Xerox m- machines, the 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 bad 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 word processors that were utilized. Um, oh yeah. Oh, where's the floppy yeah. disk? That's a gripe that I gotta bring up. We didn't. We need to bring this up. I needed None... a floppy disk to save his thesis. How are you just leaving it on this fucking computer that can easily delete everything once you unplug it and replug it back in? If there's you're power surge, right. you're fucked. Because look what happened. Apparently. When a power switch happens, they just delete the hard drive. The hard drive is gone. None of this would have been a problem if there's floppy. Floppies could you could grab a floppy off of the road right now that you just found, plug it into computer works fine. Yeah, I'd be playing the Oregon Trail right now if I if I had the chance to. Yeah, I'd be getting so much buffalo from my family. Man, leaving in May. We always leave in May. That's what I ford. We would ford the river, going to Soda Springs. You're not, I'm, pay, I'm not paying some guy to put us on a little boat across the river. We're going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to lose an oxen, but I'm going to lose an oxen. But you know, you're, you're going to lose an oxen. Hey, that's, that's just how you get meat. That's how you get meat. Okay. Um, let's move into the speed section. Uh, who saved this movie quick. for you? Saved it? I think we both both agree it's beef race. Yeah. He he pulls it together. This is not called Fraserary for no reason. He, uh, he is still a captivating actor, and I think he did a great job. Uh, the beginning, maybe not the most believable. He he is no. believable as a runner, but maybe not as a Harvard grad. But once he once he got into the emotional core of the character, I really uh, really understood. Right, ruin the movie had to be Jeff. I think uh, Josh Hamilton is Jeff. Apologies to Josh Hamilton, who is who is apparently a working actor, but also. Uh, Somebody that you we can't recognize unless they're like literally punching us in the face. He, I did uh, play some later as yeah. What where where did a, he away come we from? go? He was uh, he was yeah. Rex away, away we, we go. go. He was the husband Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband. Right, you're always gonna remember Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't want to push my children away from me. Why would I want to do that? My name is Jeff. That was about the impact that he had on that movie. Who was misused? Gore, our Gore, guy Gore, Gore Vidal, heavily misused as a cynic uh, professor. <laughs> yeah, when he, yeah when which now, now that I know more about him from your history lesson, I actually oh, feel... he's a cynic just against American policy. Just like <laughs> yeah. he, he he would have advocated for Brendan Fraser's turnaround rather than being the 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 negative guy of being like, yes, the machine is quite conducive to our productivity. Uh, oh. replace. He needed. He needed a hot. He needed like a scene and one more scene where he he could get cooking. 
he had the standoff, yes. you know, but maybe we needed like thing. a one on one, one in the office of Gore Vidal and Pesci of being yeah, like, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, I yeah. know I know you don't like me and I don't like you, but let's get this straight. I'm dying. You need to give this kid an extension <laughs> on his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have his report. He can't submit it because I'm extorting him right now at this minute. And I don't care that I'm telling you this because I have asbestositis. You had a good Pesci uh, fucking movie. Who are you going to replace? Unfortunately, I got to replace Gorky because I love that rooster so the much. Rooster, yeah. uh, you're replacing Gorky with a pig named Gorky. Okay. Give me the pig named Gorky because uh, it's understandable why you cook the pig rather than you cook the rooster. <laughs> yeah. but you don't have to pluck them. You know? I think that'd be even sadder. That'd be even worse. It would be. It would um, be. But, you know, I, I'd rather see a big die than, uh, than a stupid rooster. I'm going to put Will Wheaton in this movie as Jeff. Um, I think that is that problematic nowadays because Will Wheaton (laughs) went crazy about Elmo. (laughs) I just got to bring that up. He kind of went borderline psychotic about Larry David hating on Elmo. (laughs) I think he has every right to be mad at Larry David. (laughs) Did you see that thing that was like, of course, Larry David would uh, do something that would fuel an entire season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. (laughs) When he's going to end it by attacking Elmo. Police! Help! Larry David's in the wrong for attacking Elmo. We we have to take that. I'm not saying that he's right for doing it. I'm saying it's a overstepping reaction for Will Wheaton. We're we're a Muppets podcast, so we really have to rep our our Muppet adjacent people. I'm here to tell you. Uh, Muppet adjacent. He is a a puppet Muppet. He he belongs on Sesame Street, not a Muppet. Rank him. Uh, most famous from most famous to least famous, most famous to least famous, uh, uh, at least time. at this time, at this time in, in, in time, Fraser takes top, then Pesci, Patrick Dempsey, Gore Vidal, Maura Kelly, Jeff Hamilton. There you go. <laughs> Josh Hamilton. Jeff. Uh, My name Yev. You're you're just you almost got it. I think it's Frazier. I think it's Patrick Dempsey. And I think you're crazy. <laughs> that Joe Pesci isn't second billing. Oh, you're That's right. Crazy. I, I, I've come back around. Uh, I think I don't just, care that he was just in Ferrari <laughs> based based purely on Home Alone. Uh, I'm putting Joe Pesci in the number. He's got the staying power. I, I He's Mr. Buffalino. Come on. Uh, I had a couple of good quotes from Pesci in this movie. Uh, can you read them for me? I can't get dressed unless I have a beer. Great, great line. I think that line all the time. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) No, but once I watched it again today, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good line. I told Einstein, you got to study. You got to study, John. (laughs) I told Einstein, you got to study more. You're making your wife. (laughs) Wait, what is this phrase? You got to study, John. You're making your wife crazy. So he said, uh, I. He said, have you been at Harvard long? He said, no, I used to stay at Yale where I knew this guy, Al, Al Einstein, yeah. and he was working on this this problem that he couldn't, his theory couldn't figure out. So I said, you got to study, John. You're making your wife crazy. Everything is relative. And you got to study, John, whatever. He said, he John, he, he, say, he says it in the movie. You gotta, no, he doesn't. He absolutely does. <laughs> Run the tape. Roll the tape. <laughs> roll the tape right now. Kyle, roll the fucking tape. Uh, and a grace nation on our donation. That's a good phrase. It's a good phrase. Good phrase. Make how do you it make fresh. it fresh? Yeah. How do you make it fresh? I say remake this into a Netflix movie uh, nowadays with uh, Brian Cranston as Simon, Jacob Elordi as Monty. I think it works. You can do it in modern times. Just have it be like on a thumb drive 
his thesis like is on I, a thumb drive. Yeah. I see Elordi as a Harvard kid. That makes a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> like the cloud crashes and he can't he can't submit maybe, it. So he maybe he doesn't. Yeah, drive. maybe he doesn't. He doesn't trust the cloud. You know. Yeah, it could be one of those. A lot of people freaks. don't trust the cloud. Fucking freaks. Uh, Nick, how do you make it fresh? I think you make Joe Pesci a former uh, professor that everybody thought was dead, and then it turns out that he was actually really popular the whole time, and a bunch of people show up at his funeral. I like it. I like yeah, it. Give, give him a big fish ending, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What movie is like this? What is The Rotten Cousin, Nick? Rotten Cousin is a... Uh, what movies are loosely related to this movie? To I think really- it's a Devil's Cube, where you have a little <laughs> bit of a dog movie, a, lo- a little bit of a, a homeless savant movie, a little bit of a, of a of a coming of age movie, and a little bit of um, school ties ish movie. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, Marley and Me, Fisher King, Son of a Woman, Goodwill Hunting, having sex with one another, you get with honors. I love your I I don't think I've ever really thought about dog movie as a genre until now. And I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Dog movie is a heavily, heavily, heavily influencing genre. Yeah. What movie is this movie better than? What movie is with honors better than? Real better. It's gotta be the whale. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's just absolutely no way. Where with honors is worse than Brendan Fraser. I need you to give me my thesis back. The whale. The whale. I haven't seen the whale. In, in all honesty, I haven't seen it. But you cannot t- look at me in the eyes and tell me that this movie is worse than that movie. I just I just can't believe you. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll go with the whale. I initially thought Fisher King, but... Uh, um... No, I think uh, I think Robin Williams just is is a better uh, a better guy. crazy homeless person than uh, <laughs> Joe Pesci. So he just grows a be- he grows a better beard than Joe Joe Pesci. That's just absolutely, absolutely true. Yeah. 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 Uh, did they say the name of the title movie title in this movie? He said yes. They yes, yes. they did. He absolutely. said I got to study or I'm not going to graduate with honors. L- listen, Mister Kessler, I don't think you're going to graduate with honors. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to kiss. The foreskin of Clark Gable. Rename the movie. Quid pro quo. Quid, <laughs> quid pro quo. The reckoning. The crowing. Uh, quid pro quo. That's the sequel to the crow that's coming out. Yeah. 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 Exactly. What's yours name? Can't come laude. Cum laude. So you can't graduate. Summa cum laude. You can't. So summa cum laude. You need to understand that Jack was a bit of a cad. He enjoyed the women. Now it's time for our top five. <laughs> to, the, to the top five. Speaking doing, of Jack. We're doing our top five Gore Vidal sex partners. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Miriam Hemingway. Top five uh, Joe Pesci's. Top five Joe Pesci films. We got a lot of them, folks. Uh, Pescudino, yeah. Um, amazing. Obviously, you got the Home Alone duos. You got JFK. You got the Super. You have the Irishman, Raging Bull, Lethal Weapons two through four, Easy Money, Bronx Tale with honors. Nick, uh, won't we run through them real quick? Like Joseph Frank Pesci is his name, so you know. Not uh Franco. Yeah, number one for me. Goodfellas. That's my number two. So let's let's talk about it. Why is it your number one? 
it's, it's his not, it's, it's his... not because it's his oscar performance it's because it's his best performance it is okay the, uh, it's the time that you see him on screen you can't look away and you're sad when they kill this crazy person in this movie and you want him to hit to just come back from the dead and keep causing keep causing ruckus that's how he good was the joe, catalyst that's how of all fuck, things that's how that, fucking good joe pesci is in this movie of all things that went south it was uh nikki's uh not nikki right Tommy's Tommy Tommy. Tommy's character. Yeah. Downhill. Funny like a clown. Because he was only in for the for the crew. Um, Yeah, I get that. Um, It's my number two. But he forever altered the way people say. Am I funny? funny How funny Funny how? how? Um, I disagree, though. I think his best performance, uh, how, however, over the top it is, it it is so good because it was the quintessential definition of what that person was and how that character should have reacted in every situation that he was being wronged on every corner and he should have had carte blanche even though he shouldn't have because he was just an absolute psychopath it was his character in casino uh nikki nikki santoro uh that was was the nikki yes exactly um so that's my number one um that did uh, i think that's his better performance just by a hair though just i did uh i haven't i've not seen casino in a little while um the only unbelievable part is the character he's supposed to play is like six foot, and obviously Joe Pesci's like five <laughs> yeah, one. He that I did so I watched uh quite a few YouTube casino scenes, and he plays like an enforcer, like scary guy. So the only way that Joe Pesci can really do that is by being crazier, because right. you're not gonna be scared of Joe Pesci unless he's like actually fucking crazy. Right. And uh, he is in that movie, but I watched his his death scene in that movie, and it is tough. Oh my. Oh, God. it's. It's the most um, it's the most unfortunate thing that I remember most about the movie. Oh my and god. It's I the only really, scene that I remember the most and I wish I didn't. I felt really bad for him. I was like, it's should terrible. I rewatch should I rewatch this movie so I don't feel bad for this guy? It's so horrible. <laughs> like Martin Scorsese has done a lot of violent things. That is his most violent <laughs> sequence of all time. Sheesh. Uh he crucified Jesus, and that was his most <laughs> vicious torture scene of all time. Number two, uh, I'm yeah. going with uh, my cousin Vinny. My cousin yeah. Vinny, and I'm choosing it. It was nearly a number one. Um, That's my number four. But and it's nearly number one. Yeah, every single thing he says in that movie is, I would put on an inspirational poster and hang it in my, in my office. When your biological clock is sticking. Yeah. It's one of the all-time greatest yelling performances, I think that, or or some, where somebody talks but they're talking is a yell. And it's, it's the not, all-time and movie. It's, and it's not overacting. He just he he doesn't have to overact. He he just is who he is, and that's the character. And it's just fucking amazing. If you could, if I could give my uh, wife five movies that would be on when she wakes up when she turns off the TV, my cousin Minnie's probably going to be one of them. Just based off of our hotel experiences or things that I just put random on on Hulu, like oh, this is obviously part of my algorithm. It's going to show up, and the the number one scene that she wakes up to is when he shoots the three fifty seven into the woods. <laughs> so yeah, it's my kind of movie for sure. Uh, my number three, since we talked about Goodfellas, is going to be Home Alone. Uh, Home Alone has to be on the list of, of top five Pesci's. Also, my number three. You could put it in any order, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't argue uh, in any way. He uh, this movie is is the paycheck to, to Joe Pesci's career. He's the one that this is the one that he gets the most ducats from, and the most deserved flowers. Home Alone was on two years top grossing movies like right. 
for the movie year it came out and the year after it came out. Like it 19 was, months. It was, it something was in like the, wild. It was in the top 15 for both of the years. It's just unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. totally nuts. And he makes the movie without Joe Pesci. Who, who Daniel else? Stern's good, but but he needed the foil and and yeah, and what Pesci other was little, a perfect what foil. little guy? What other little guy is walking around here doing that sort of thing? Going rap, get out of here, stupid bats! It really revolutionized cussing without cussing too. Fresh, like fresh, he, he, fresh, he, fresh, yeah, <laughs> his Rocco Fraschel fashion fresh, is is uh, is top <laughs> notch. top notch. Uh, my number my number four is the Irishman. I had had to do it to him. Had to do it to him. I I rewatched it in the last year and um good movie good movie um people good movie uh people you are know, coming out here and it, sure their their body movements aren't what they used to be and sure Robert De Niro is you know look Robert the, De Niro the execution but, of Sebastian Maniscalco's character is probably uh, the best part of that movie where absolutely. he gets shot in the diner yeah. And uh, and Joe Pesci is actually the best part of that movie. He's he's yeah. he's he's Not cold. Bad. He's cold, and he's calculating in a way that where, because he, he can't be crazy anymore because he's just not young enough. To Believable be crazy boss. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. Believable. And now boss. he's like scary boss and being like, <laughs> I don't have a problem with you, man. I don't have a problem with you. Other people are saying that you're stepping over the line and that you're probably going to get killed by not me, not me, somebody else. He's doing a lot of that in the movie, and it's yeah, really relax. good. And he's something great... bad's gonna happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen for me, but it's something bad's gonna happen. Yeah, he's a great looking old guy too. You know, yeah. he, he yeah. makes him work. Uh, number five for me uh, is is I'm thoroughly shocked it's not on your list. Has to be on the list because it it put his name on the map. Raging Bull as uh, as, it would uh, be on my list. I just haven't seen it brother. in year, in uh, over ten years. You got to rewatch it. I'm telling you, you got to rewatch it. It's black and white. It sounds tough. Sounds Black like and a white, watch. great, great acting roles by uh, by Pesci, by De Niro, well deserved Oscar by De Niro. Um, who's the who's the female lead? I should know this. It's it's what's her face? It's the lady. Kathy from, yes, Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, just amazing performances all around. Uh, great cinematography. Um, everything that everything that you know Scorsese from. Nowadays comes from that movie. Like everything pre Raging Bull is is one thing, and then post Raging Bull is a whole nother whole nother shebang and bang. I'll give it another shot one of these days. Yeah, too. I'm sorry. What's your number five, Nate? Go ahead and tell the world. I'm choosing the one that I just watched three times in the last uh, four days with honors. You're 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 <laughs> just a Joe sympathetic so and so, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I I I'm a I'm a sucker for a nice little uh, sucker friendship. for melodrama. <laughs> I, I love an unlikely friendship movie. Going back to the plot keywords, unlikely friendship. It's right up my alley, you know. All right, all right. Uh, let's stay let's stay with the gaming uh, situation and uh, put Nick on the genre wheel. Genre That's, wheel. We are regenrifying with honors. So instead of being a melodrama slash uh, intellectual comedy. For Nick, it is going to be one of these choices, and the choice is documentary. <laughs> so with Diarrhea. honors, that's a documentary. <laughs> Diarrhea. Documentary. <laughs> so while you're thinking of a good doc, Nick, I'm going to take my spin, and we're going to do with honors, regenerified as a one and only... Animated family film. <laughs> so, Nick, why don't you give us uh, your documentary with honors? 
with honors the documentary uh we know brendan fraser but what we don't know is brendan fraser's mom and he wouldn't be the person he is without his mom that's right his mom's name honor blackman she was an actress from the early 1900s she was born in august 22nd 1925 and she not only gave birth to Brendan Fraser, but she changed the world by also being a model at the same time and being the most famous person with the name Honors. This is her story. Man, that'd be great if that was a real story. Yeah, if that was a good. true story, it'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> if Honor Blackman was actually Brendan Fraser's mom? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Close, you know, yeah. I don't even she, know who that is. Who is uh, Arnold Blackman even a real person? She she is. She's oh. uh, her fame meter. She's the most famous person named Honor at the corner of this website. Uh four out of a hundred though. So oh, yeah, uh, famous uh, actress, Honor Blackman. She was a Bond girl. There you go. Pussy she was galore. in the Avengers. She was Pussy Galore. <laughs> yeah, but she was in the that that show that was based on that terrible movie we did. Unbelievable. Give me another chance. I got you're, this one. <laughs> yeah, crumb believable. <laughs> I got an animated family film. <sighs> Little Lorena is the only uh, is the only child of uh, of first generation immigrants um, who has a dream of making making <clears throat> making college a reality. Being the first to not only graduate from high school um, with honors, but also to attend a, a prestigious college. The only issue is that uh, her scholarship that entitles her to enter a prestigious college is uh, on the line. The reason it's on the line is because she's created AI that has uh, become fully sentient within household products. That's right. It's Mitchell's versus the machines, too. <laughs> With honors where the Mitchells come and, and save the day and enlist the help of Lorena of solving the algorithm of destroying the robots uh, that have occupied America and eventually the world. There you go. How do you like that? Sucker? I like it. I uh, I just saw a clip from Mitchell's versus the machines uh, on Twitter the other day. Never seen it. I mean, great either. movie. Never seen it. Sounds good. A lot of people like it. Final thoughts, Nick. We know how to make it fresh. Uh, we both agreed. Jacob Lordy, B. Crans. Uh, modern re retelling of uh with honors absolutely um, I, I feel like that's like slightly i i, I want to say brian Cranston is put in because of your honor uh but but with honors he could easily pass as a homeless guy with that look absolutely uh better than big green maybe nick do you have a report did you watch the big green with this i did i did not watch big green yet but uh i will tell you it doesn't make me feel as good as the big green so i'm gonna say no Mm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep it as maybe. Uh, maybe I need to rewatch the Big Green. Maybe that's real, real answer. That's, to that it's question. gonna happen. Rerate this film. Sixty three. It's fresh. It's not that fresh, but it's but it's borderline. Yeah, that's that's right there. I think it's think? I think it's I think it's a splat, but I think it's fifty five. Fifty five solid. I think I think one in two people walk out of this movie saying they I'm tried. Inspired. I'm inspired. <laughs> they tried. Yeah, for sure. uh, they tried much like I, my blurb, which is C's get degrees. This movie hey. is a C.
and I, I it's it gets a C, and I saw it, and it's a seesaw, you know. Hey, Classic. yeah, C's are for Cornell because my blurb is uh, not Harvard material, but definitely Cornell worthy. Hey, don't sign it, Cornell. Go Grizzlies. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Are they the Grizzlies? They're not like the Falconeers. No, they're like a bear. Bur- Bruins, maybe. Maybe they're br- the Cornell Bruins. They're some sort of bear. That's all I know. Yeah, all I know. Bear. Don't hassle me. Big red bear. The the red sea. <laughs> they're the big red sea. <laughs> they're Cornell, big red big... pulsating sea. <laughs> Real recommendations. We like to end the podcast with something positive. Big red bear. That's what they're called. <laughs> That we uh, we have watched in media or read or listened to. And, yeah, what's your uh, real reckoning? I'm going to recommend uh, the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith show. Did you watch it all? Watched it all. Wow, that's crazy. My Erskine. My Erskine. Fantastic. Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Donald Glover. Yeah. In- enjoyable, great watch. You know, they, okay. they're, they're pretty believable. They're both very funny. Is it they're a movie watch- or TV show? TV show. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Easy, easy watch too. Easy watch. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, bang, bang, boom. a lot of a lot of guest stars of the moment. You got a Paul Dano in it. Some uh, Ao Edbury. No Ao. <laughs> no, no Ao. <laughs> no Paul Dano. Paul Dano and Ao. Ao for no, Ao. No, no, no Dano. <laughs> Dano for Ao. <laughs> no Ao. No Io. It's Io. Io Edbury. Uh, they got uh Parker Posey's in it. Hmm. You're really selling me on this. <laughs> Sarah Paulson's in it. Okay. That's Paul. The woman from... Uh, That's Paul Seven. Did you ever watch uh, Bad Sisters? No. Oh, you guys. Double Chicken recommendation. Penny. Bad Sisters. Absolutely watch it. Good All TV right. show. Okay. I'll, I'll add it Not to the movie. List. Not the movie Bad Sisters. Okay. It's TV. TV, TV show, show. About, about the Irish... But the Irish. But the Irish. What's your recommendation? <clears throat> My real recommendation, Iron Claw. The Iron Claw. I've been iron- <laughs> when we saw it, I've been ironing Iron Claw the heck out of my baby. Oh, I bet. <laughs> that, baby, that baby's getting all the brain strength right with that. <laughs> all the tendons. Absolutely. Yeah. I highly recommend Iron Claw. Not true, not a not a hundred percent true story. Um, still a story that needs to be told. Yeah, very nice. good. Very good movie. Zach Efron is unbelievable in that movie. Uh, un- <laughs> unbelievable because he's a statue that has been conjured to life by some sort of wizard. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. His face he looks like his face a, is insane. He looks like a sculpture from Rodan. <laughs> That's all I must say. <laughs> uh well, this has been real rotten. Th- uh that has been the podcast known as With Honors. It has been an honor and a privilege, sir. And I must say, you must join me and Tennessee Williams for a romp one day in the fields. Nude, of course. Oiled to the gills. Understanding of one. We'll see you on the next episode of Fraserary. Uh, We got episodes episodes coming out every second and fourth Tuesday. We're trying. We're trying our best. And you know what? Two times a month. We got a Hall of Famer next episode. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. All your favorites. Comedy. Can't wait. Maybe a guest? Probably not. Look forward to it. This has been Real Rotten. Stay real. Keep it rotten. Hey, keep it rotten. you later. Stay real. 
Some films are ripe, some films are rotten We like our potatoes are rotten You ought to film, but you can't even But here comes Nick and Steve And they break it down, they turn it out And when it was over, you on to shout I want my money back that was real rotten Real fucking rotten